This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. They were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello and welcome to this month's Flicking, our regular look at one of our favourite films to see whether our colleagues, our pals, enjoy it as much as we do. I'm Mickey Noonan, and I am, as ever, joined by Yosra Osman. Yossi, hello. Hello. And by Hannah Dunleavy. Hannah, hello. Hello. Now, Hannah, you're the one with the responsibility this month. Mm. What did you have us watching, and why do you love it? So, yes, this time round, I've picked The Philadelphia Story, probably the film that I love that is most outside of my wheelhouse, <laughs> in that it's a romantic comedy, and I categorically don't like rom-coms. Apart from this one. I said out loud, why has Hannah picked this one while I was watching it? It's a romance. <laughs> I was very surprised you picked this one. Yeah. And to a lesser extent, I like when Harry met Sally as well. I think this anomaly can probably be explained by the fact that I first saw it when I was really, really little. And I totally loved it. And I still do. Despite the fact that there's loads of stuff that I would rather didn't happen in it. Mm-hmm. But come on, it's old. It's older <laughs> even than Joe Biden. No. <laughs> and I forgive it because it's still absolutely brimming with life. It's really funny. It's off kilter. It's got female characters with agency and distinct personalities and opinions. And it has something to say about class politics. And it even has something to say about consent. So in many ways, it feels quite modern. Unlike Joe Biden. <laughs> One of the main reasons that I love it, though, is that a good 25% of it is just Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart getting drunk and messing around. And oh, it's a delight to watch because although Hepburn, she does chemistry really well with a variety of different actors. But actually, Jimmy Stewart, wonderful though he was, wasn't very good at that sort of thing. But he is here. And in fact, Young, naive Hannah wanted Tracy and Mike to get together when I first watched this because I didn't quite understand the concept of comedy of remarriage at that age, obviously. And even though, as an adult, I know that that relationship was a really daft idea, watching the pair of them together is just magic. It's Mm. like Sam Cooke singing or Serena Williams playing tennis. It's just an absolute joy to behold. Anyway, potted plot, socialites, Tracy Lord, that's Hepburn, it's about to get married for the second time to George, who is <laughs> in an attempt to stop a gossip magazine printing a story about her philandering dad, or perhaps in an attempt to stop the wedding, her first husband, C. Dexter Haven, that's Harry Grant, smuggles some journalists into the wedding. A working class writer, Macaulay Connor, that's Stuart, and his dry as fuck photographer, Liz, that's Ruth Hussey. Love her. What follows is part fast, part much ado about nothing, part bacchanalia. 
And I've already given the ending away by telling you that it's a comedy of remarriage, which, fun fact, were a result of the Hayes Code not allowing any plot in which someone commits adultery. So, enough from me. Yosra, last time you reacted to me picking this in a way that suggested you'd seen it before and you liked it. Is that correct? No, no, it's not, actually. So, I'm really glad you picked this one because it's been on my list of kind of classic films because I'm... There's a lot of classic films that I have yet to see. And this has been on my list for absolutely ages. So I was really pleased that you picked it because I knew, it, I know how popular this film is and I'd wanted to see it for ages. So it gave me that opportunity. So I watched it for the first time last night. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did. And I, there are so many things that you've said that I really do agree with in terms of I love Hepburn and Hussey as these amazing female characters who give as good as they get. And I just love seeing that. In a 1940 film, it feels quite refreshing. I said to my friend, I give this film three and a half stars, one star for each of the performances of that powerhouse trio of mm-hmm. Stuart, Grant and Hepburn, and half a star for that drunk sequence with Stuart and Hepburn. So, because that, that is also my favourite part of the film. The reason I give it three and a half, maybe not four or five, is because I don't know if it's me with my contemporary eyes, but the morals behind the film, and I'm sure we'll come on to this later, I just can't really get over it. Like, yeah. This slapstick bit where Cary Grant just pushes Hepburn to the floor and it's with this light-hearted music. I thought, oh gosh, here we're going for a ride now. Yeah. I, the sort of hilarity behind it made me a little bit uncomfortable. And I know it's an old film, but I, I'm just not sure I could get over that at times. Isn't there a reason behind that push, though, that initial push where we open with Cary Grant pushing Catherine Hepburn? And Hepburn was box office poison at the time, in inverted mm. commas. And it's because a lot of people thought she was really high and mighty. And they thought Tracy Lord was Catherine Hepburn. And it gave her a chance to sort of win crowds over. And the part was written specifically for her. So she wanted it to start with her being knocked off her feet, with her being sort of knocked off her pedestal. And they took it very literally. So while I absolutely agree with what you're saying about the domestic violence lols, yeah, I feel like it was trying to say something else as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point, And I, I wasn't totally aware of that. But I think, I mean, that's an example. But throughout the film, it's just kind of made a joke yeah. out of. Mm. And then if I may touch on that ending and the fact that I know it's comedy of remarriage, but she gets back her abuser. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm just not sure what I think about all this. Yeah. I mean, like I say, as a youngster, it just seemed really clear to me she should go with Mike. But now, as an adult, you think, yes, spend a bit of time on your own, Tracy, maybe. <laughs> but but that's just me. Maybe this is a point to drop in to say that, uh, worth mentioning, I think there are 400 films that have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this is this is one of them. Mickey, you'd not seen this before either, had you? I had seen it before. I had seen oh. it before. My mum was a huge admirer of Cary Grant and I think for me it was a case of went for the Cary Grant with no choice in the matter stayed for Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart although Grant is absolutely amazing in this as well what a trio why no more films more films of them Mm. so yeah I had seen it before but when I was little and I haven't revisited it and indeed when we were chatting I got it confused with My Girl Friday so I was like I know there's newspapers but like I'd got them confused it was a joy to watch it again with the caveats of domestic violence laws notwithstanding. And yeah. even though I was like, why is Hannah picked this? It's a romance. I'm really surprised. I was like, oh no, 
she's picked it because it's hilarious. It is so funny. And it's 83 years old. And the jokes and the one-liners and the the just farce, the comedy stands up. It absolutely stands up. And also, I love that those powerhouse trio, and indeed, I think Ruth Hussey as well, were in that interim period where acting was changing. So the delivery is still a little bit shouty. It's a little bit stagey. But they are also beautifully naturalistic as well. There's that gorgeous scene. Again, it's within the drunken scene, but the drunk scene where Jimmy Stewart is drunk in front of Cary Grant is also gorgeous. It's also very funny. And the bit where apparently Jimmy Stewart improvised a hiccup and Cary Grant went, excuse me. And the director left it in because he just thought it was lovely. And their rapport and combative rapport is really delightful as well. I really loved it. I might stick with what's wrong with it actually here because the other thing that really grinds my gears about this within the realms of the fact that you know if I didn't love the rest of it it wouldn't bother me that much I think is that everybody every single person here every man has an opinion on what Catherine Hepburn should do with their life Mm -hmm. and they're all centered around them they all use her and an opportunity to tell her where she's wrong and her dad is example of this in order to justify his own behavior and i think you know now you can watch that and say well clearly he was wrong it's not her fault she, she wasn't a good enough daughter so he had an affair however you know nowadays you can just ignore that and say he was talking out of his ass whereas this does tend to suggest that he might be right somewhere along the line in this film the suggestion is that maybe her dad's right and i object to that hugely as well yeah just on that note i think you and yours were both said there are women with incredible personalities and agency in this film, and that is absolutely true. And they retain a lot of their agency, but Tracy Lord's personality is criticised throughout the film, and it's only when she changes that she is accepted by the men, which is obviously, you know, with modernised, a flaw, a huge flaw. But her dad can fucking get in the sea, mate. Of all of the male characters' flaws to dislike, he is just... Oh, what an absolute arsehole. Okay, hate yeah. him. Yeah, me too. Her dad's an absolute kick. And I think I was getting increasingly frustrated throughout the film with all these men criticising her personality and telling her what she should and shouldn't be. Mm. And also, Hannah, you touched on this, also blaming her for their own fault, as if it's Hepburn's fault that Cary Grant is an alcoholic or that Ooh, her dad her. is yeah. having an affair. Yeah. And it just really, really irritated me. And the more that happened throughout the film and it just seemed okay, the more I was getting annoyed with it. So I, I, I totally agree there. Even the delightful Mike, and he is delightful. I mean, he's he's an absolute class snob, isn't he? But he is utterly delightful and he is drawn to her agency. That's why he's like, no, don't change. But then when he isn't getting what he wants, he also goes on the attack. And I was like, oh, Eh, too, Mike. No. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. We keep talking about excellent women characters and we've missed one out. And maybe it's because you don't think she's excellent. Dinah. I am absolutely obsessed with Dinah in this film. I always <laughs> have been. Yeah. She's, she's great. Amazing. I mean, she has some of the most amazing lines. She really does. One of my favourite bits is when somebody comes in and says, oh, Dinah, you're ready. And she says, I look wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her line where she goes, I know something's going on because I'm being taken away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
very funny. I laughed out loud. Just that first sequence where she starts ballet dancing into the room in front of um, Jimmy Stewart's character and Liz, and she's just talking in this ridiculous... She starts talking French, and she's really just going above and beyond. She's naturally gifted and comedic, I think. I can't remember the name of the actor. Oh, it's Virginia Wielder who played her. Who, Yeah, she's astonishing. I've got to say, though, if I met that kid in real life, I'd be like, get out of my face. <laughs> I look wonderful. That's what I'd say. To her. You do, Hannah. You do. <laughs> in a sense, though, she is just that younger kid character who's just really nosy and wants to be in everybody's business and likes to just wants to be involved. And I think she just does that really well. She is really smart and she is really funny. And Virginia Wilder is absolutely brilliant. But also, it's interesting because Catherine Hepburn, Tracy Lord, is this modern woman who is being told she needs to stop having her own ideas if she wants to be happy which is you know bullshit but she goes along with it 1940 and Dinah is clearly gonna grow up to be just like Tracy which, yeah. which is joyous I love it Tracy pre the Philadelphia story I guess <laughs> yeah that whole scene actually that's when Catherine Hepburn comes in and summarizes English history in the most amazing collection of words Cromwell Robin Hood Jack Maripa <laughs> and that was English history, Catherine Hepburn. It's incredible. One of the examples of how funny this is is how widely spread the funny lines are. Mm. Everybody gets funny lines, even Sex Pest Uncle. Oh, Sex Pest Uncle Willie. You know, gets an absolute banger where he says, This is one of those days that the pages of history teachers are best spent lying in bed, <laughs> which is incredible. I love it when Liz turns up at. See Dexter Haven, see Dexter Haven's house, and says with pump for the body of Macaulay Connor, which is brilliant. Yeah, she is very, very funny. She's yeah. amazing. And Catherine Hepburn's rejection of his proposal is beautiful. I've actually got it written down. She says, no, because I don't think Liz would like it, and I'm not sure you would, and I'm even a little bit doubtful about myself. What a perfect way to turn down a proposal. And that's it. The lines are perfect. But sometimes when you get lines that are written so perfectly, and Hannah, you and I have had this conversation about TV programs, you're like, eh, but no one speaks like that. And it can kind of jar with your enjoyment yeah. of something, something like Juno or um, the Gilmore Girls. And you're like, yeah, it's clever, but no one talks like that. And yet here, it's utterly believable. I think they are utterly believable as characters. There's an allowance for them to overlap sometimes or cross-talk in a way that we're still fairly new in 1940 and I think really elevates this. Yeah, agreed. Should we just talk about Catherine Catburn for a bit? How long have we got? <laughs> yeah, with my, she was ya, she really was. Yosra, fan of Catherine Catburn or not? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was really nice to see. It's interesting, the history. I think, Mickey, you were talking about this, how before the Philadelphia story, she wasn't very well liked. And this was kind of a turning point for her. And to me, actually, having watched it now, this is probably one of my absolute favourite performances by her. So I really, really enjoyed watching this. And she's just got so much presence and just everything about the character of Tracy Lord, her wit and her intelligence, Catherine Hepburn just gets it down to a T. Even the drunk performance bits that we've mentioned already. <laughs> so total fan, Hannah, and I'm, I'm, I loved it. I've got several people in my life who claim not to drink, 
but then get drunk a lot. So that that in, <laughs> that in itself is quite delightful as well. It's so hard to play drunk. I still think it's like one of the hardest acting yeah. things is to yeah. convincingly play like you're drunk, but they, they nail it. They really nail it. Um, she's just incredible, isn't she? She she is just an absolute presence. And the fact that, you know, apparently I, I did a lot of reading around. You can tell when I really like something or really hated it because I will do a lot of reading around because I'm excited and I want to know more. So I did quite a lot of reading around about the Philadelphia story almost immediately after I finished watching it. And apparently Cary Grant had two clauses into accepting the role. And that was one, he would be top billing, even though it was a film written for Catherine Hepburn. And two, all of his wages, which was the highest salary of anyone paid on the film, went to a union to protect workers' rights, which is, you know, a bit of an arsehole with the first one. Balanced it out with the second one, I think, there. We'll always love Cary Grant. Poor Jimmy Stewart, he really lost out. He only got three grand a week, so he made 15 grand. Which I was like, that means they filmed it in five weeks as well. Yeah. But despite the absolute talent of Stewart and Grant and Hussey and well, that all of this incredible ensemble cast, it is so Hepburn's film. And I think that is correct to say about any film Hepburn is in. So that's yeah. how, how amazing yeah. she is. I mean, obviously, she made a series of films with Cary Grant. <laughs> and she made a lot of films with Spencer Tracy. So... Yeah, I suppose that's another thing about seeing her with Jimmy Stewart is it's nice to see her bouncing off somebody else because, yeah, yeah, you don't get to see that so often. And they really do bounce off each other rather brilliantly. They really do. Maybe that's what you said earlier about Jimmy Stewart. This was that he is incredible and he is a joy to watch in all of his films as well. But chemistry wasn't necessarily, romantic chemistry wasn't necessarily something he excelled at. So maybe, you know, Cary Grant was obviously an incredible romantic lead. And as I said, my mum was obsessed. I've watched all of his films a lot of times. And that's why I became familiar with Catherine Hepburn. But maybe it's Hepburn. Maybe that's it. Maybe she's the chemistry. Yeah, she is just absolutely magic. It amazes me the idea that people wouldn't really like her. Although I suppose to a certain degree, Catherine Hepburn isn't necessarily a million miles away from Tracy Lord herself. In that Catherine Hepburn was quite, you know, came from a wealthy background and was quite closed up. She didn't get nominated for an Oscar for this. Jimmy Stewart won one and Ruth Hussey got nominated. But Catherine Hepburn wouldn't have bothered to turn up and pick it up if she'd won anyway. So she was quite standoffish in a celebrity sense. So, yeah, maybe that's why this one really worked. Because Tracy Lord went some way to making Catherine Hepburn look a bit more sympathetic mm-hmm. in people's eyes, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I think that's pretty much why the playwright, whose name escapes me, wrote the play about her. It was, yeah. you know, and he wanted Hepburn. So Hepburn was such box office poison again in quotation marks. Her films weren't doing great. People weren't hiring her that she returned to the stage and she did the Philadelphia story on stage first, didn't she? Yeah. And then I think Howard Hughes bankrolled the film or certainly. He put a lot of money into it. Hepburn put a lot of her money into it. They were former lovers. And her thing was, if I'm doing this, I retain creative control. So, you know, it's about a woman with agency and the woman who made it had agency yeah. in a time where that was still remarkable. I mean, it's still fucking remarkable now. And the first time now. you see her, she's on the sofa wearing a pair of trousers and then she picks her leg up and puts it over Dinah's head. So she's actually sitting really splayed leg on the sofa in a pair of trousers. I mean, in 1940, it probably it's difficult to imagine quite how, oh my God, that mm. was in 1940, but that was not how Hollywood women were. 
totally. And it's not long after trousers were illegal for women, which sounds yeah. insane. Yeah. But yeah. I also I love the thing that she wears with her. The, the, the like elf hat she wears which goes to the library what the fuck is that <laughs> she looks amazing yeah with the trousers there were quite a few moments despite my reservations about other things there were quite a few moments where i did have to remind myself this film is a 1940 film mm. because in some ways it just seemed really progressive in other ways not so much but it's quite an achievement, some of what was there in that film, and partly down to characters like Tracy Lord and the, the performances. But yeah, I had to kind of be like, wow, this was made in 1940. It's amazing. Yeah. Hannah mentioned consent at the top. She's like, it has something interesting to say on consent. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you say it, Hannah. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Stewart puts Catherine Hepburn to bed when she's drunk. She assumes that that means that they slept together. And he points out that it's not the dumb thing to uh, have sex with a woman who's too drunk to consent to it. Mm-hmm. In 1940, we knew this, lad. Why yeah. are we still having this conversation 83 years later? I know. But you are allowed to sock your wife. It's so frustrating because this film is so gorgeous. And actually, C.K. Dexter Haven is, he's really likable. But he admits to being, or he doesn't admit, it's not like it's a confession. He blames her that he's an alcoholic. He's a violent alcoholic and a lot of the blame is laid at her door and that isn't questions. It's accepted as a thing that she needs to change and it's really frustrating amid the other sort of very modern ideas that this for the time that this film possesses. I don't think that's the point about the boat, isn't it? The boat's supposed to be the I am a new person. This is a new relationship going forward. That sort of analogy about why you have to get rid of the one boat and start with a yeah. A new boat, perhaps if you're not into boats, that doesn't work so well. <laughs> but I think that's what that's supposed to be. I mean, it's worth noting that he has given up drinking and he does continue not to drink throughout this film, yeah, given like, how bashed everybody else is. Yeah. yeah, as opposed to pretending not to drink like everybody else does. He actually <laughs> doesn't drink. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let it lie, guys, the fact that when we watch God's Own Country... Uh, you were both like, oh, but they're such a, you know, they need to get together. And I'm like, he is really racist and abusive to him. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, it's a really yeah. love story. And it's like, we do still sort of expect in us, because we are sold, the idea that relationships should be hard in some ways and should be tricky. And while obviously, hopefully most of us, although the new poll from the UN would suggest otherwise, think a husband does not have a right to beat his wife of its time, that was still very much accepted. Oh, absolutely, in 1940, yeah. yeah. Disclaimer, I don't condone or excuse racism based on that God's own country. <laughs> I will leave it in that you've said that, Yasha, but that was a given. That was an absolute given, hopefully, hopefully for all three of us. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything else that they wanted to mention? It's beautiful to look at, I guess, is the other thing. It's really gorgeous, yeah. isn't it? It's so lovely and well done and... Sometimes black and white films can look a bit flat when you watch them now, and it doesn't. It absolutely feels like it's black and white Technicolor, which I know is a nonsense. But do you know what I mean? It jumps out. It's really striking. I mean, it, you can't tell what colour Catherine Hepburn's hair is, which is kind of red. oddly jarring since she gets called red the whole way through. Yeah. Like, that is strangely jarring because red hair doesn't really work for black and white. You can tell what blonde hair is. You can tell what grey hair is. Yeah, you just red hair it just doesn't it doesn't work so i suppose that might have been nice to see would if you could have seen the red hair would that have added something or changed something about her character given red hair is so associated with you know 
the fieriness, or it certainly used to be in those days. I think it comes across anyway, and the fact that he calls her red all the way through. Mm. Okay, so I nearly said rated or dated. I'm in the wrong section. <laughs> rated, but also <laughs> dated. Well, there you go, actually. If we were in it, it would be both, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Are you angry at me making you watch domestic violence lols? That feels like a trick question, Hannah. No, I'm really glad you made me watch the domestic yeah. violence lols. More no, domestic violence cool. lols. No. And it's given me the perfect excuse to see a film that I've been wanting to see for ages, so I'm really glad I watched it. Great. I'm glad we got through that. Nobody ever has to discuss a rom-com with me ever again. It's done now. Oh, no, I'm sure when Harry Met Sally's going to have a birthday at some point. (laughs) And I'm going to make you reenact that bit of the table. Can't imagine anything that would make you more uncomfortable. (laughs) No, I think think that's one of those things where I'd rather just walk off and start a new life somewhere else than do that. Who's next? It's me next, and we are going to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Ooh. Yay. Standard issue for all women.